G'day everyone, I'm here today with a YouTuber who's just established an awesome four-wheel drive YouTube channel, Mr. Tim Rumble <laughs> of True Blue Overland. How you going, Tim? Good, mate. How you going, Craig? Yeah, not too bad. And uh, I appreciate your time tonight to talk about some of the stuff that you're actually out there and doing out here in the great outback of Australia. Yeah. So I want to talk to you a little bit about your YouTube channel. Now, you've embarked on the YouTube channel, but... It's taken you a little bit of time to get here and you weren't really looking to become a YouTuber. So explain to me the journey to then make a decision to become a YouTuber. Um, well, yes, yeah, so I bought some camera gear to record our um, camping trips and four-wheel drive adventures and stuff that we seem to be doing a lot more of over the last couple of years. And it wasn't supposed to be like a, um, like a YouTube channel, but um, after just recording them on YouTube, just so my mates and other people and ourselves can look back on it, and store it not just on a computer but on the internet. Um, yeah, just uh, put them up there and um, a few people started watching it. But in particular, my auntie and uncle who travel the world, they kind of got in my ear a bit and you know schooled me a little bit on content creation and it kind of just went from there. And they've guided me a lot and given me a few hot tips to kick me going. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, basically gave me the good kickstart and uh, just started doing it about six months ago. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. I saw you launch your YouTube video and I th uh, first one, and I thought you did a pretty decent job for someone who <laughs> says in the narrative on the introduction that you're pretty raw to it. Yeah. I think you did a pretty good job, and I think you've improved over time, which is what happens with YouTube. Oh, thanks, we will show some of the photos later, and I'll yeah. grab some of the footage, and also obviously link to. The channel so people can take a look for themselves if they're interested in four-wheel driving or if they're somewhere on the planet and they've not seen the beauty of australia yep. it's an awesome opportunity you've got some pretty good footage out there with yeah, your drones thanks, and everything like that yeah, so yeah. have a bit of fun with the footage yeah. so what are you actually using equipment wise um, out um there? so just gopro um i do have a digital dslr as well um so that's just mainly for photos but occasionally you know if that's the only thing you got on you because as you probably know if you're going to these places carrying all that gear but yeah i've got a dga dji drone i think it's dji or dji whatever it is anyway it's um, a drone that yeah, does a drone, right. yeah and it's yeah 4k video it's a 4k yeah yep. i thought the quality looked pretty good yeah yeah i only i only do everything in 2.7k and like there's no real reasoning behind that except for watching other YouTube channels on the best way to set this and that up. So a lot of people just, you know, advise you to do that. So that's all I did off their recommendations. Um, as, as you said, I'm pretty rookie at it. And um, But anyway, so yeah, so just a few GoPros. Um, I use my phone a bit, surprisingly. But um, yeah, that's basically it. Just yeah. GoPros and the phone and now, the drone. Now you're producing a lot of this stuff and editing it, which we were discussing this earlier, yeah. how hard and not hard oh, timely it is to do, to do and, and that people just think you click your fingers and this stuff happens. Yeah. But uh, I appreciate the pain of being in a production um, environment. Yeah. But how many guys are actually involved in, in the uh, enterprise as far as heading out and going on some of these trips? Well, I try, to, I try to get everyone involved. Um, obviously, people have stuff in their lives and work commitments and everything else, like, as I do. Otherwise, I'd be out there all the time. But, um, but yeah, just basically getting it all sort of centred around everyone being involved is probably the best way to do it. But, you know, occasionally, me and my um, partner, Michelle, we just go. And sometimes even I just go by myself. But it um, just depends who's available. But as far as, like, um, uh, contributing to the content... And all that sort of stuff. My mate Tony has like really grabbed it and like real keen with me. So yeah, me and him going forward will probably do a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so it's probably mainly us two. But at the moment, I do all the editing and it, like as you just said, the time. 
like bringing yourself up to speed on just programs if you've never done it before it's yeah. like how are you going but um but yeah starting off with one program and then realizing it that's not quite gonna cut it so then you know everyone's using adobe so we'll yeah. get onto that and um yeah and then then you've got mishaps with equipment oh mate, mishaps with equipment. <laughs> when you get back and realize yeah. that audio wasn't recording or something like that yeah that was a um oh everyone apparently goes through it but um yeah i went through it on the last trip and um yeah, about 15 videos, probably about an hour worth of content just down the tube. How but, far out were you? Oh, <laughs> Can you get out there again and refilm some of it? No, no you pro could... <laughs> probably not now. But, um, but anyway, you just miss those moments, unfortunately. And um, on the particular rig that failed, it was the one with the external mic connected. So it was the one with all the audio, all the banter, all those funny stories and stuff you talk around a campfire or mm. while out for driving, you know, and um, just to lose all that. But luckily, it wasn't all lost. My mate Tone was on a camera, so he kind of saved the day with that one. Yeah. But, uh, no, yeah, it's, it, you live and learn, so plan, oh, plan Bs, yeah. isn't there? So we were discussing that a little bit yeah. earlier when testing we were setting gear. this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> testing the gear. Have you had any scary moments out there where you've heard noises or seen anything that you think we're going to yeah. get eaten by a, what do we got out here in the, in the outback? Oh, mate, there's a lot, there's a lot that's trying to get you out there. But, um, but no, no, haven't really ever been scared. Like, sna snakes is obviously like, surprisingly you don't really see too many of them like oh i haven't but um yeah there's been a couple of brands like only little ones that come near your um come near your camp but mm. you know you just you know you obviously common sense and yeah, yeah so, you look, so you look after the wildlife out there yeah yeah, yeah. unless it, unless it's a brown snake trying to get <laughs> you. protect nah. defend your, your patch against yeah. snakes you reckon but no nah, that's all it's very good yeah. So you mentioned that you might get the odd small snake come in, but what what other scary moments do you experience out in in the outback? What are some of the um, scarier mishaps you've had? Was, You're mentioning being on slopes and getting stuck on your own, and yeah, well, um, being stuck on your own's like it's fun, but um, yeah, the recent trip uh, we went out um, outback uh, Queensland, so uh, we we're on a floodplain, and um, yeah, we're about to, I think it's about 250 k's from the nearest town, and um, yeah, we got bogged and twice in the same day and um we're a bit set up so we can kind of get ourselves out of that situation but when you are by yourself you kind of if if like gear fails you know if a winch failed like you mm. couldn't you just simply couldn't get out and like you can call the ranger if he's there mm. on the uhf but um yeah whether or not he answers you call or not it's another story but um yeah those sorts of moments you just got to be careful and think and like be prepared and probably just don't just have common sense basically mm. but um Certainly on hills when we're on proper four drive tracks. Um, yeah, recent one, we were going up a very steep hill. Um, I was the first one up it. And uh, anyway, Luxie quite, just quite didn't get up there and uh, actually stalled it just as it started to like lose momentum and power. And um, yeah, obviously you lose all braking power and uh, she slid back about 10 metres and uh, it got the heart racing and you got the shakes on. And But uh, anyway, you just let another five pound out of the tyres and you're straight up, so... It wasn't yeah. really a problem. It's just yeah, gear selection and. So when you got bogged on your own recently, what you you said to that you had the um, winch, but you, yeah, but had you've not had that, you had some other strategies that you might throw at it to try and get out of the yeah situation when you're on your own. Well, um, yeah, generally you'd throw a set of max tracks or something underneath the tires, which is just like a plastic board with grippy things on it, so your tires catching it. But I didn't pack them because I, <laughs> I thought so we wouldn't need them and. Um, my partner Michelle was quite disgusted when she asked where they were. And I said, at home, <laughs> 800 k's away. But um, 
but yeah, just if you winch fails or something, you can just kind of bush mechanic some stuff up, like perhaps um, if you can get a um, strap underneath one of the tires that are turning, you, and you can connect it to something. Hopefully, you'd be able to get yeah, just get the tires turning. Obviously, like the strap will take up and hopefully pull you out enough to be able to jump up and go. But yeah, you got to re- you'd have to really think about. It. And you said the spare was another option if it yeah, is a, if there's nothing the to winch off, you just yeah. Unfortunately, there's probably nothing else to do except bury the spare in the ground, so you big uh, dig a big hole and throw the spare in there and put your winch on that and hope that pulls out. <laughs> yeah. So, so. a few strategies. So there's a plan B's for yeah, that equipment, but yeah. but uh, don't have them necessarily when no. the recording stops. So it probably life's more important than a re- recording, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but just so. go prepared and you should be right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what sort of stuff do you take on a trip? Like what, what would be the core important things to have when you head out, um, out, out back Australia? Basically, like just... Obviously, a tent, somewhere to somewhere to sleep, food, um, obviously plenty of water, um, like yeah, and as I said, recover gear and just make sure your vehicle's set up if that's the kind of outback adventuring you're going to be doing. Mm. Um, you know, obviously a spare tire, make sure your tires are in good nick, and um, yeah, you just got to keep your car regularly regularly serviced. Yeah, and um, yeah. Yeah, any of the guys got stuck with um, any damage to their vehicles at this stage um, on your trips? Uh, apart from like the side steps and that, um, not really. Um, that's probably about the only thing that's ever been damaged. I, I had an incident where I um, wasn't paying that much attention. I was only going very slow on the inland track of Bribey Island and um, just the front tyres skipped the track and put the front left of the car into a steel bollard in the middle of a full drive track. <laughs> so that wasn't very fun. And um, But uh, anyway, we got over that. Yeah. That was a bit of a long story. <laughs> so where are some of the places you've actually been to and, and headed to? we got some photos too. We'll go to some of those yeah, later and talk through some of the stuff you've seen. But where are some of the places you've actually been? Um, well, we started off obviously just in our immediate sort of vicinity like Bribey Island and whatnot. But as as we've gotten more and more into it over the last only two, or, oh, nah, probably three or four years actually, um, we just started going a bit further. So um, And we try to go to places where not many people go to and try to like really... Um, grab that remoteness about where we go. So, um, but yeah, so we've been out as far at this point as um, Kalgoa Floodplain National Park, and that's where we got bogged on the mm-hmm. floodplains. That's about 800 k's west. Um, we've been out to um, Mount Moffat uh, at the west side of Carnarvon Gorge and also the main part of Carnarvon Gorge. So that's also about 800 odd k's, uh, a little bit further north. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Fraser Island, you know, Double Island, Tiwa, all that sort of things, and basically nearly. All the national parks in the vicinity of southeast Queensland, really. Oh, nice! And you're heading north as far north as you can go to the yeah. tip of Cape York Peninsula. Yeah, well, that's the big one this year. It's been in the plannings uh, for a long time. Um, and last year, probably about April last year, me and my partner Michelle, we just decided, no, nah, let's just do it. We'll go next August. And you know, we put, got together a savings account and started saving for it. And um, yeah. Is it is it going to be just you two, or you got some other guys that have jumped on board? Initially, it was going to be just us two, and we just threw it out to anyone who wanted to join. Uh, a few people got on, a few people got off, and um, now the team's locked in. So we've got um, ourselves, our good friends Tony and Renee, mm-hmm. and um, and then they've got some friends who've also just recently, actually in the last couple of weeks, said, "Nah, we want to come too." So we've got three vehicles and six people. Um, there's been a, um, some surprising statistics about like what videos perform and what don't. So some you think would be awesome, um, aren't quite cutting it, and then others you think, oh, that was that was pretty poor, 
actually um, have the most views. And have you determined why that might be, looking yeah. at the different content? I think um, I think instructional sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, there's one in there where I performed the body lift on my vehicle and um, it didn't quite go to how I planned the day and filming it because mm-hmm. I had a bit of trouble and got cranky and decided, nah, don't worry about the video, but managed to still put a video together anyway with the main points in it. And um, yeah, and it's doing really well and that's a surprising one. Yeah. So, and also just running around the camp and how I set up our tent and how I run, that's doing really well too. So in here, we've decided to go to the Oz tent, King Goanna stretches, and I've got to say, absolutely brilliant. Utilizes the space way better. You've got heaps of storage space now, even though there's nothing under my bloody stretcher. But heaps of space now to, you know, he's not sleeping together, unfortunately, but you, know, you can just meet in the middle for activities if you really want to. But so when you're out, out back, do you see a lot of people out there or is it pretty remote that you could go for a period where you just don't see anyone? Yeah, well, we, we try to go remote, um, as I said, but, um, you know, sometimes you've got no option but to, you know, camp where everyone camps sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, generally, um, there is always a couple of people around at most times. Um, but, uh, and do you find that people are looking after the environment heading out into those remote areas are you seeing signs of 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 humanity i, I guess and and are they looking after the place because because it's pretty remote it's mm. easy just to throw a piece of paper or not pick oh, up yeah. after yourself do you see yeah. that people are doing the right thing out there yeah generally generally you do um there are there are times where you don't so like at fraser island unfortunately like it's such a beautiful island and then you go to these nice places and people have just discarded their rubbish here like in fire pits is a classic one. People will just leave camp and throw their gear mm. at the fire pits. Mm-hmm. You know, empty cans and bottles just scattered here and there and everywhere. Um, when you go out west, uh, not so much because a lot less people go there. Uh, one thing that annoys me is when you um, say you go to like an home, you find an old homestead or a hut somewhere and it's got relics mm. that, are, that are there, like on shelves and stuff. Yes. Sometimes people will take them. Oh, really? So, so there is a historical sort of yeah. uh, piece of history for people to stop yeah. by and have a look at. So what's your advice if someone's traveling out there? What would you give advice if someone's watching this stuff? What You, you said it peeves you. Yeah. Just speak to that to, to someone who might be watching that's thinking of going out there. Yeah, well, pe- people bang on about it all the time, but it's just like leave it how you found it is basically, basically the gist of it. Um, you know, it even comes down to your fires. Like occasionally, we've had to put other people's fires out, you know, pick up other people's rubbish and stuff like that. But if you've got a fire on the ground, you know, cover it over, make sure it's out. There's a big, big thing in the news all the time, especially with beach camping. Mm. There's like toddlers and that running through the sand, and someone's fires just underneath it, mm. and you know, burns their feet and that. But I think that happens more around, you know, like around Brisbane, say, like you know, your Stradbrokes and uh, Morton Island and Bribe Island and stuff like that, um, where it's easily accessible to everyone. Yeah, and um, the more you head west, or the more you head out from populated centres, the more more pristine it is, basically. But um, there still is. Do you grab stuff if you see it, that, and it shouldn't be there? Yeah, you're taking it away. If we're, in, yeah. if we're in a campground and there's stuff there, we'll just throw it in with our rubbish. So, mm. um, but yeah, you just got you just got to take your rubbish out, obviously. And most places say take your rubbish out. You know, the annoying things um, when we went out to Mount Moffat um, out near Carnarvon Gorge. There was a, it was closed because um, there was a wildfire going through there and we got told by the ranger it was because a lady went to do a business in the bush 
she tried to do the right thing by lighting her toilet paper on fire and letting it go out, but she obviously didn't watch it. Mm. And then it created a big bloody wildfire. <laughs> wow. So, um, so yeah, you've just got to make sure you just do the right yeah. thing. And it's just common sense. So Yeah, I would never have thought of that. That's a story I've not heard of someone yeah. actually. Uh, is that something you do out there like well, with your toilet paper? Generally, you've just like, you got to dig like a decent hole, hole. like, hole. you know. And um and then it will in the ground toilet paper will go. You can even get um biodegradable toilet paper, but mm-hmm. it's all biodegradable. I'm told mm. you just got to bury it. So um but yeah, if you don't want to dig a hole, or you can't dig a hole for whatever reason. You can just light toilet paper fire, but stand there, watch it until it's gone and out, and then that's the end of it. Yeah. That's all right. I just haven't heard of that yeah. one before. So so that's that's what I was saying to you earlier when you're talking about going up a slope that is pretty steep. And you said you're shaking and everything because you, yeah. you know, you lose traction and you start to go back and you lose your brakes and everything yeah. like that. Um, and you said there's cliffs on each side of the, yeah. the the steep incline. And I said I don't know that what you're doing is for me. I like watching what you're doing, <laughs> but I don't know that it'd be for me. It's not obviously for for everyone. So no. I'm not privy. Some people may not be privy to the to those sorts yeah. of little That's, things that you yeah. expected when you're out there. The the uh, Toilet, toilet etiquette, I yeah, suppose that is etiquette. for the for the looking yeah. after the planet and everything like that. Yeah. So the Cape York is on the cards. Yeah. Uh, what's the route that you're taking? Well, that's uh, that's a pretty big trip. I think it's on most people's bucket list kind of trips. It's one of the biggest trips, I guess, in Australia for four wheel driving. But um, so we're going to just head north to Port Douglas, and uh, we're going to go scuba diving in the Great Barrier Reef, mm-hmm. and then uh, so we'll spend a couple of days there. And then we basically head off into the Daintree, head up to Cooktown, and then into like Cape Melville, and then across to the main road, and then up a bit, and just basically every four-wheel drive track that's open, we'll have a crack at. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We won't see it all. How long is that trip going to take you? Well, a whole month to do it. Okay, that's all right. So, so that's why the extra savings account yeah, and everything like that. Yeah, so. the extra savings account to cover, yeah, obviously expenditures are probably... We estimate it'll cost, or I, I estimate we'll have changed from four thousand dollars. Oh, okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah, my partner Michelle thinks it's going to be more like five, five and a half thousand. Well, so right. We'll see. Wins the bet, but she's usually right. Well, that's, well, that's a passion, isn't it? That's yeah. what what it's about. Yeah. If you if you love it and it's healthy and it's an investment and it's, yeah. you know, something well, that, that you, a lot of people don't get to do that. But well, that's that, a key word you just said before. Is it, it's an investment in an experience. Yeah, yeah, it is an investment experience. But hey, I don't have to spend a cent. I'm just going to watch no. it on your yeah. YouTube channel. <laughs> I won't have the experience, but I'll get a taste of what it was yeah. like. So, which is actually what the beautiful thing about what you're doing is, is mm. while you're you're keeping it as a memory for yourselves and yeah. your friends, it's the added bonus that you're showing to the world yeah. the the beauty of of our country. Yeah. And not only that, it's like you say, you're helping people who may be in Australia themselves doing four-wheel drive trips yep. or wanting to do those trips and they yep. get to see the journey and, and what they may need to be doing to be prepared for it. Yep. So it has an educational value um, as well as, yeah. you know, just to share the experience. And it, um, it what one of the positive feedbacks, I guess, we've had um, from people in the industry, um, and my mate Tony, um, who helps a lot out a lot with the, who helps out a lot with the video, um, he works at TJM, mm-hmm. and they're obviously one of the biggest, or one of the many, um, four-wheel drive kind of outfitters um, in that industry. And um, some feedback he's had from some of his higher-up people uh, in his company have said, um, one thing that's got we've got going for our channel 
is we're not all $100,000 in debt for our vehicles. They're normal everyday vehicles that most people can relate to. And a lot of the other um, full drive shows on YouTube and whatnot, and even the ones that make it to the TV, they've all got massive budgets, you know, massive uh, cars with everything on it, everything they need, mm. everything they don't need. And um, yeah, and you're always getting hounded that you need this, this and that, but we've just got what we need. And, so you uh, think you'll stay true blue to the yeah to the to that model <laughs> yeah, regardless because yeah. because i guess what happens is like yourself um people get interested in sponsoring yeah. you and you get all the, oh, yeah. this support and you start spruiking those brands how many creators are in this space would you think here in australia oh, is it a pretty big i'd say it's pretty big, pretty big but there's probably about oh maybe five main ones mm -hmm. i guess you could mm -hmm. probably nail it down to five you might be able to stretch it out to ten or you probably could definitely stretch it out to ten but um, from the people I kind of watch constantly, there's really only about five that keep you coming back mm -hmm. every time, so um, or every week when there's a video. Um, how, how frequent are you putting up videos? I try to do one a week. So what day do you post? Uh, I do it on Sunday. Um, I kind of thought it might be Friday afternoon or Sundays, but I tried Friday afternoons, and you kind of like as we've touched on before. There's a lot of work in editing, mm. even like uh, even from what I'm doing. You know, 20, How much time would you be spending editing a week, would you think, per... Mate, if I don't have basketball or training, it's pretty much every night. <laughs> yeah. So if I go out on a weekend, um, that if I don't already have footage, it'll be that weekend that I have to put it up. Yep. Usually I'm like a week in arrears. Mm. I try to be a week yeah. in arrears. So you always have something ready to go. Mm -hmm. And then whatever you did that weekend will go up in a fortnight. I just try to think when people might, so like myself, I think, well, when do I sit down and just dedicate some time to the couch and, you mm -hmm. know, watch uh, YouTube? And um, it's basically, sometimes it's every night, but uh, a lot of the times Friday evening, if I haven't got anything on, I'll sit there and watch a couple of hours. And then the other time is Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. All right, mate. Well, we'll go through some of these photos that we've got up on screen yeah, here and talk, talk us through some of the stuff that you've actually done um, and, and give me a little bit of it in our audience a little bit of a feel for what you're doing yeah so what the other thing with the content creation like um it's not just youtube um something else i've been doing uh, my auntie has uh, got me onto it is um shutterstock and like stock uh, websites to put your photos up there and um people will go through photos when they're trying to find a particular image and they'll purchase it from you so i actually have made money from this so i think the first photos are put up there in like probably february i guess um, so yeah, I've sold five since then. Um, mm -hmm. So, but um, anyway, I just well, throw them up. So that, yeah, well, I mean, there's some good photos there. So this is one of the ones that you've actually got up. Yep. on Shutterstock. Yeah. So this is just one from uh, Fraser Island. It's obviously taken with my drone. And um, how high do you think the drone's getting there? Oh, uh, people reckon you should keep it at 200 meters. I think. Oh no, 120 meters. But um, what did you go? Yeah, no, that's about <laughs> that's about two or three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hard, yeah, mate. So, so what are we looking at? Is that the Fraser Coast? That's, that's the western, uh, the western coast of Fraser Island. Mm -hmm. uh, we were camped at um, Awinya Creek, and um, absolutely beautiful. They yeah. say west is best on Fraser Island. Okay, but, um, but anyway, as you can see, it's quite beautiful. Yeah, that's the just after the sun nice. went down. So nice. Um, yeah, you, you've been worried about losing your drone yet? I suppose it, it, it warns you, doesn't it? There, there was, there was, was one time. I was very worried. It was uh, at a big gorge waterfall type thing. There was no water flowing, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but um, it was quite high in the little lookout um, pontoon they had up there. It was basically straight off the side of the cliff and there was a lot of updraft. Ah. 
So I actually, <laughs> I said, this is too good not to get though. So I took the SD card out of it, which I'd recorded the rest of the trip on and put a fresh one in there and just, just sent it case. out. <laughs> Fingers crossed, yeah, mate. exactly. You're prepared to lose it for a moment. Yeah. Almost. Well, that's, talk about passion. <laughs> yeah, talk about passion. All right, yeah. g- give us another one. What else have we got here? Yeah. So this is from one of my solo trips. Um, it's a place called Bald Rock. Um, it's actually in New South Wales, just over the Queensland-New South Wales border um, in the Granite Belt region. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just like, just brilliant. You climb up on that, it takes you a bit. It's obviously very steep. So um, you've climbed up from down somewhere where you've yeah, parked? Yeah. So how, camp, how high? Camp, so it's steep. And, oh, okay, really? Yeah. How long did it take you to get up there? Uh, not too long. I went the long way around on the way up and the quick way down. What's but, that? Uh, <laughs> Roll down. It was basically straight down the front of this face here. Okay. Uh, very hard on your knees, especially at my age. Not that I'm too old, but I'm getting older. Yeah. Uh, yeah, knees didn't like it. But uh, the trip up there is probably about five, six kilometres, I guess, the round way trip. So oh, yeah. about probably three and a half to get down, I guess. Yeah, it's, no, it's a good view. You can see why people would be passionate about heading out. They're pretty beautiful. They're obviously national parks mm. for a reason. Yeah. And um, yeah, sometimes you got to get your walking shoes on. It's not all four wheel driving. Mm-hmm. So uh, this particular trip, I got I got my shoes on a fair bit. So um, which I, I enjoy hiking and doing that sort of stuff too. Uh, this one is from out to um, Kalgoorlie floodplains, where I was just talking about where we got bogged and it was a bit hectic out there. So this is like very remote. And, that looks uh, like footprints there. It is. It's uh, we think it's kangaroo emu. Okay. Um, probably kangaroo. Um, but yeah, just. We basically got there just after I had a big storm mm-hmm. and um, actually is, filled some Is of that the... why you got bogged? Because you, so. thought, you thought it was going to be relatively dry, yeah. you said. And, and... It's usually dry by accounts. I'd never been there before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, usually dry by accounts. And um, they had a big rain a couple of days before. And the clouds look like they've still got something to offer there too. Yeah. Actually. Well, that was, that was just when it was clearing when we got there. It was kind of hard to find a spot to camp that wasn't wet. Okay. Um, it is a flood plain. You yeah, said that. Yeah, that's right. Mm. But, mate, you wouldn't believe it. The next day... All gone. Oh wow! All gone. So what are we looking at here? What's what are we uh, got there? That's from the um, that's from the same um, national park, the Kalgoa, and um, basically out the back of these huts, they had like a dump site, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, you can see these old bottles, and it just gives you an indication about when people were actually there and how old it is. So there's like an old beer bottle there that's got 1955 stamped on the bottom of it. So. And we were talking earlier about looking after the environment and picking stuff up and yeah. throwing it out. Yeah. But if you see something like that, yeah. leave it there. Leave it there. <laughs> that's a that's that's a bit of history yeah. there, and and it's it looks like rubbish. But yeah. and and the other thing is, it's not something to be taken um, because it looks like a souvenir as well for yeah. some. But the point is, 1955. It's there, and it's there. It's left there for people to to see it. Yeah. And recognise how long it has been there. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's just the base of it, is it, or is it yeah, actually? Yeah, it's, it's, it's broken. broken. Yeah, yeah, it's broken. That, so where's that? That's our campsite out there. Mm-hmm. So basically, that's it. That's our setup usually when we go for trips where we camped up for a few days. How long does it take you to set up your campsite? Uh, to set that up fully like that, probably about half an hour. Oh yeah, yeah. You got a pretty well down pat. Yeah, the tent. The tent's really good, but the tent sets up in about. How, oh. how long's the preparation? Um, before you leave on your trip to get all make sure you got everything have you arrived and realised other than your track Max tracks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. have you left anything else like where you gone gee I forgot to, to pack that yeah occasionally um, Michelle basically looks after like the kitchen type box we've mm-hmm, got two mm-hmm. big army boxes where we have one for setting everything up and then one for the kitchen and food so basically Michelle goes through all that make sure it's all stocked if you know like yeah. 
Do you have a checklist? I imagine you got a. Uh, no, no, not anymore. I think it's in Michelle's head, <laughs> and then yeah, we just go. We just have a checklist of what food we want to take. So beforehand, mm-hmm. we just plan all what do we want, and then it's just go shopping. What, what are you fridge. What are you eating out there? Oh, just mainly just steak and veg, or steak and okay. potatoes and salad. Not salad, so it doesn't really keep in the camp fridges for some weird reasons. Okay. Haven't quite uh, figured that one out. All right. So I see your vehicle's starting to look a different colour there. Yeah, mate. So that's lucky. It's got the it's got the mud coat on it. So. And you got it. You got a a lot a, a stream of uh, spotties there, like LEDs on the yeah, top there. Yeah. So the... for night, do you do much driving in the night or oh, occasionally? You you avoid it? Or? Oh, I don't, I don't shy away from it. I'm always keen, but not a lot of other people are keen. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, when I go with Michelle, like she's all for it. If we want to drive till ten o'clock at night or eleven o'clock at night, she's all keen for it. But um. Is there a risk of animals on the road at those yeah, times? Yeah, you got to watch for kangaroos mainly around dusk and dawn. Yeah, um, and then yeah, once it's dark, just everything else. But with the spotties, uh, especially the uh, front ones on it, the it, And at night, if you're driving, are they on? Yeah, whack them on. Are they, are they on you on a road, or you actually yeah. still tracks, or yeah, or like... even on the road, yeah, just put the spotties on the bull bar on, and you can oh, yeah. see like kilometres in front. And if there's animals, you see their eyes first. And yes, you just slow down. Yeah, but no, nah, they're really good. So. I That's pretty good. Getting some. The one on the roof's just so. So basically, the lights on the front of the ball bar will throw light out. But if you're on tracks and that, it's good to have one on the roof because it will illuminate the shadows of what's going out. Oh, so if you're okay. coming up to a rock, a ledge, or a drop off, oh, it's yeah. just black. Yeah, so if you've got one on the roof, it's lighting that up for you. So. That's the purpose of the one on the roof. That's, yeah, that's safety. Which we don't use them. We've got some nice oh, coloured sands here. Where are we here? So that's on the. Um, Western coast of uh, Fraser Island again. So, yeah, just thought that was a good photo op. So that was just the two of us on that trip. Me and my mate Brendo. And, uh, now these, are the, these are the photos of some of these trips. Most of these trips recorded up on the YouTube channel? Yes, yes. So, so if people want to go and see the trip, they can yeah. shoot up to the YouTube channel and yep. have, a, have a glimpse of the stuff that you've actually yeah. got up there. And then if you wanted to see photos, you just follow on Facebook or yeah. Instagram. Is that Dingo? Yes, there's Dingo. Fra- is that Fraser again? So that's Fraser again. So the local wildlife there, they were in abundance. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a freaky night there. We all went to sleep. And um, I actually got to take a leak in the middle of the night. I don't know what time it was, for about 2 o'clock. And you stroll down and you're into the bush and have a leak. And just while you're there, it's just like pretty black. And then one starts howling. Oh, then another no. starts howling. <laughs> and then by, by the time I was finished and heading back to the tent, there was about 100 of them in the hills just oh. howling. And it was just like, I don't know, like a werewolf movie and think we're all going to die and that it was pretty it was pretty cool you know you're not gonna but no, yeah it was it's like one starts yeah. yeah so that was good so for those watching that's the dingo the australian yeah, the australian native. dingo yeah i cop a bad rap uh nearly every year up at fraser island but um it's basically due to negligence mm. you know the most recent one like yeah if they just shut their door their toddler wouldn't have got taken out of there yeah thing that, and that's the stories i've heard apart yeah, from yeah. the media so i don't actually know the full story but you gotta you gotta realise that when you're out at these places, you like you mentioned snakes and things earlier, yeah. and and Australia is renowned for being one of the most dangerous places on the planet. But any yeah. place is dangerous. There's always dangers, so you just got to be conscious of those dangers yeah. and and um, and respect the wildlife. I yeah. suppose like that's what it comes down to: understanding what you're sharing the the wilderness with. That's right. Basically, if you don't feed them, you or leave scraps around. You're good. Oh that's yeah, nice. that's a nice photo. And they're tagged. I see he's got his tag on his ear there. Yeah, a couple so. of them are tagged. Um, not all of them. Is, but, is um, that because they've been bad? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bit unlucky. Yeah. 
probably a bit of an ear pierce there, but yeah, no, they obviously monitor the, the population on yeah. the island. There's an example of one of the huts out in the outback that you might come across. So how old would that hut be, would you think? It looks like it's been modernised with that yeah. window there a little bit. Yeah, it's got some nice windows and some doors across the front, so um, oh, I actually couldn't tell you, but um, it, apparently the area dates back to the um, late 1800s, mm-hmm. um, and obviously that's been touched up. That's apparently the, the main um, homestead of the whole property. Oh, yeah. So it's basically three cattle stations that were, um, what's that word, re... Well, taken back taken as, back as national yeah. yeah yeah so so interestingly if if people have a vision of what outback australia actually looks like yeah that's probably a good example that's pretty of, good like there's no not a real blade of grass there yeah. is there it's the red the red well you're not the red center but that's yeah. that, that's the it's all vivid, red. yeah you just get to a certain point mate and it just all turns red yeah so it's amazing, isn't it? But um, the, other, the other word that came up, which I haven't heard since I was a kid when we went out on this trip, was mm-hmm. scrub. Oh, the Aussie scrub. scrub. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's it pre- it's pretty easy to determine the scrub and the bush. So, mm. but yeah, that's that's probably more bush. But um, yeah, but yeah, definitely scrubby parts. <laughs> You're looking here at a, a pyramid. Now, last time I checked, I didn't know we had any Egyptians yeah. in Australia. But what's the story behind this? You you're driving along, you're seeing this and. Yeah, well, it's, uh, one of our favourite spots to go. Um, I researched a bit into like remote places near Brisbane years ago, and um, it came up this place called Sundown National Park. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, me and my mates went there for the first time a few years ago, and I think we all kind of fell in love with the place. Yeah, and uh, we're the only ones out there. But um, a couple of times we've driven through. This is actually a Ballandine, mm-hmm. and um, it's down near Stanthorpe. And uh, a couple of times I've driven through, and you can just sort of see it from the highway. And while I was on my solo trip, I just thought, oh, let's go have a look. So go have a look. And yeah, some legends just built this. He doesn't <laughs> let anyone go in there. It's on his private property. Did, did you uh, fly the drone yeah. over it? Yeah, I put the drone up and went over it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't get shot down? No, really? no. Uh, if, like... if, if ever wants the footage or ever sees this and he wants some footage, I'll happily give it to him. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> all right. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a pretty unique... Uh, a monument there for whatever yeah. he sort of built it for. It'd be, yeah. it'd be good to ask him, I think. Yeah, it'd be but uh, I, I think there'd be a bit of work there, wouldn't there? Oh, looks like totally. how, how high would that? Well, look at the trees around it. Yeah, so. um, it's I reckon it's pretty high, but oh, it'd be hard to kind of say. Probably about I don't know thirty. Are they weeds on top? 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, they're all growing through, yeah. <laughs> so they grow anywhere. They're all growing through. Yeah, no, it's good. I you hope make... he makes a tomb for himself, actually. Yeah, well, maybe... Himself in the middle of it. <laughs> maybe that's what it's there for, or who knows? Another old hut. Um, yeah, is, that so... the... is this the kitchen here? Yeah. Um, had a big, like, wood fire um, oven. Yeah, big cast iron, old thing. Yeah. Um, it's fallen through the floorboards years ago, and it's slowly sinking into the ground. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's all in there. Um, as I said, most of the stuff's still in there, but apparently people pilfer it and right. take certain things away. But even that bottle that's there, you probably can see on the front of that porch there. Oh, yeah. That's a really old bottle that's just sat there. Yeah, so, that's good. So they've um, left it. Yeah. I wonder why... It, it's disappointing that people feel that they can just yeah. help themselves to these things when, when it is a heritage yeah. type and thing. And the other thing you know? is, too, like, if there's like bottles... There's usually old bottles of alcohol and stuff, like of whiskeys you've never heard of. Mm. And... Some blokes would just go put an empty stub larry up there, like, uh, why would you? Yeah, how yeah. stupid. Yeah. Um, I know that's probably all these blokes did in that day, but, mm. you know, just leave it how it is, yeah. basically. One of your side interests, mate, is the astronomy stuff. So you've got yeah. a photo here. And I can see, is that a shooting star or something you've captured? Yeah, there? a shooting star in that top bit. 
It's actually, um, it's actually a bit grainy in JPEG, so apologies for that. It's actually That's all right. That we'll throw, throw it up on the YouTube channel. People can yeah. go and have a look at it. It's um, I'll start to do the time lapses, like just oh, recently. Yeah, like, yeah. So, so you, you see them. you're plugging your DSLR into the uh, into your telescope, or how are you doing? No, you're just, just sitting it on straight, the tripod, straight tripod up in the sky. Yeah. What's That's your what settings on that out of interest? Oh, it's like a, I think it takes a photo, like a 15 second exposure. Yeah. And then I think it takes every one, every 10 seconds oh, yeah. for like three hours to get eight seconds of time lapse. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, choose, choose that battery too. So you gotta watch that. But um, mm. yeah, my camera, like it, um, it processes it and everything when you do those shots. So you just get this nice time lapse all everything in the foreground like it camps all moving quickly and yes yes and then yeah the stars are just going slowly across the sky so it looks really cool yeah i will have to throw is that up on your youtube yeah, channel yeah there's you? some on the, each videos there but um yeah. i have contemplated just putting those up by themselves as well yeah with some nice music yeah. mate you probably find that there'll be a whole audience geared yeah. around that so i've been thinking about doing that so yeah I there's people into all that sort of stuff yeah i just got to figure out how to make the camera go longer so yeah. external power supply or something because only as i said for like three hours of taking shots you get about eight seconds okay that's like to make it look real yes good. yeah yeah if i play with the settings i can get it to like 15 seconds but yeah, yeah so you're getting a little bit creative and i noticed you took on the astronomy stuff recently like that's in the last year or two yeah. you started to get interested in actual astronomy and it's you'd, come you'd... through camp camping getting out there Oh yeah, just seeing the stars. Yep. You haven't seen anything weird out there yet, uh, unexplained or yeah, in the I, dark, like lights that are unexplained. No, you de you definitely do, and I do come home and try to uh, find out what it was. Yeah. But um, what, one thing that's pretty cool, especially when you get out where there's no light pollution, like it, you can see from that photo, like there's stars right down through the trees. Yeah. And um, it's just it's just mental, and I don't think people look up at the skies enough. Mm. And like when, um, as I said, when we've started going camping. A lot of people go to bed early when they camp, and I'm just totally not like that. I'll stay up till midnight, one o'clock, just to enjoy that. Yeah. You know? So if if I ever had the influence, I'd I reckon I'd I'd start a project called Op Operation Eyes on the Skies. Yeah. And just everyone around the planet point their cameras up oh, in yeah. the sky on the same day, like they do. Yeah. Um. What, what's it called? Time. The the Earth Hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. they do is just. It just doesn't matter day or night, everyone, just one hour of the day, just capture the sky from the ground up and just post them on a website yeah. no, that's for brilliant. the whole world whole world to see, yeah. mate. It would be unreal, but yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's amazing that, like, when you see that image, um, to think that all those stars are out there and we yeah. don't see them because of the light and the yeah. pollution that's in the in the actual atmosphere in cities. Yeah, if we go phenomenal. out in the backyards, you can't see the Milky Way to, to save your life, but, you know, you go out where there's no light pollution. And we're actually lucky, the, nor the northern part of Bribe Island where you can camp is actually mm. dark. Yeah. So you can see it there, but it's only a small section of sky. But obviously, if you if you get out of town, like a couple of, I don't think, out past Warwick, it starts becoming dark. Yeah. Um, you know, you basically see this and you can look up at the sky and you can vividly tell where the Milky Way is. And, and your eyes adjust to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's other galaxies out there that are visible, mate, that I didn't even know existed. Mm, and mm. But I do see flashing lights. Like um, on this particular trip, I remember seeing the same time of night and you just, you just like, because when you go camping, you kind of go, okay, and you plant your chairs here and you kind of look in the same sky both nights. So you rotate around, but... Gen generally, we just look at the same spot in the campfire yeah. and that, how we set up early in the evenings. And on this particular trip, I found um, there was a flashing light every night at the same spot. 
Now I come home and try to investigate what that is. Mm. And I've got no idea what it is, but it distinctly flash and go off again. Yeah. People have said, you know, satellite reflections and this, that, and the other. That's the other thing. Heaps of satellites, mate. Oh, you, yeah. You, you Well, there's a lot up there. And, oh, yeah. and in the dark, you get to see them moving. Yeah. I know as a kid, I used. To, it was one of the things we used to do is sit and lay on our backs and count them. Yep. And you can also see the International Space Station because yeah. it's brighter than everything else. Yeah. And, uh, and it moves quite fast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll see it a few times. Yeah. If, you, if you lay down long enough, you'll see it a few times in, this, in this time that you're... Um, you're out there, but yeah, we don't have the light. I, I've got a nice telescope. As yeah, I don't know, you, you've that. seen that? Yeah, yeah. I saw it yeah. So, so yeah, I've got a pretty good telescope, yeah. but it doesn't get used. Yeah, the one right. thing, the one thing with astronomy that you buy these things and you think they're worth having. Yeah. But uh, then you, unless you get out to somewhere like this where there's no cloud, you know, you get a you, you, the moon affects your ability to see the sky. Yes, totally. The, the the pollution sees your ability. Yeah. You know, clouds. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So you just set that up and leave it. Yeah, just leave you know, it set it up somewhere where it's not going to get bumped and dial it in. You take a few test shots first, obviously, and then you just set it up to do its time lapse thing. Nice, that's good. Yeah. I'm impressed now. Probably go and do something similar with my camera. <laughs> not worry about the the uh, telescope. Telescope. Yeah. Just do it with the camera. Yeah, if you got a wider, if you got a wider uh, lens, it's pretty good. Yeah, but um, I think that one there's a uh, what is it, eighteen, mm-hmm. eighteen mil. So. Yeah. Which on a crop one and two is like thirty or something. Oh or yeah. Whatever. They're... What what brand of? I got uh, a Nikon or Nikon. Oh okay, yeah. <laughs> so I got a Panasonic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, nah, it takes good shots. Yeah, no, it's good. So what are we looking at here? This is a these silos. They they paint these things. These yeah. Days. So that's like a thing that's been going for a few years now, I guess. I don't actually know, but um, but yeah, when you tra- travel around the outback roads and that, um, you come across these grain silos and um. Yeah, they're getting quite creative with them because they probably are eyesores, really, mm. to the landscape. Mm. But, yeah, if they do things like this to them, it makes it uh, pretty appealing. They and do them a... with the water towers, too, in the local mm. townships. I saw that they were asking for the local town where we are here that they're taking ideas from people to paint one of the water towers because yep. they are just concrete eyesores yeah. and they're trying to make them a little bit more um, aesthetic to the eye. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty I'm, cool. I'm so it eh? it's re- represents the the part of the world that you're in as well yeah. with the sheep and the lor- what are they mountain type lorikeets or something there? Yeah, so one know. of the native species of bird here. Yeah, I don't name the birds. <laughs> <laughs> Eagles yeah. and whatnot. But yeah. <laughs> but no, nah, that's um yeah, I reckon they're brilliant. So they're popping up everywhere or the you know just anywhere you go kind of thing when there's um, grain silos they're just getting into painting them all now so mm. there's uh, a few out and about there so it's pretty good artwork too actually oh, for brilliant. that size like you look yeah. at it it's like pretty impressive yeah like I'm a sign writer so and you think about stuff like that and you're just like man you know yeah. how the hell do you draw that and scale that and make it look like that around around surface that it's like appealing to all mm. angles is just a bit mind blowing I reckon and, and not just that how are you seeing it when you're actually painting it like mm. you know you got to yeah. be on there to yeah. to do it to you, it's not like you can easily get off and step back and have no. a good look no, you want to make sure that you got right but it is amazing isn't it it is it's phenomenal moving forward with the channel what are your thoughts and where would you like to see the the youtube ga- channel actually end up what's um, your vision well yeah as, as uh, we touched on earlier like it'd be nice to you know get some sponsorship or you know get some uh, get some sort of income or revenue to be able to fund these trips and i would just fund the trips mm-hmm. and you know i've told the boys like you know if everyone involved if they're 
if they're keen, like I'm not just going to take it all myself, like because mm. it does take a group effort. Like even if they're not editing or contributing to content, mm. just to be there and be part of it. Yeah. Um, because I don't think people probably get a bit sick of saying if it was just me. Mm. But um, yeah, the reality of that is it probably is going to be a lot of just me. But mm-hmm. um, and that's when the places you go, you be selective and try to make the places you go as interesting as possible. Yeah. But um, going forward, yeah, that would be nice. But at the same time, not driven by that. Mm-hmm. I actually find just the creative element of actually doing these fulfills a part of me. Yes. And um, one thing that I have definitely noticed, when we used to come back from trips before I did this stuff, you, I wouldn't say depressed, but you're kind of on a bit of a downer because you've got to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, but now doing this and you're reliving it, we're editing these ah. photos, videos and stuff, you actually look forward to going home and seeing what you can do yeah. with what you've gathered. Um, so, so it's added an element that wasn't there before yeah. to the to the whole experience yeah, for totally. you. Yeah. You're going to a lot of areas that would have a tie to culture and indigenous culture. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how important it is for you to respect and understand oh, the cultures. Mate. Like uh, we got our first like real exposure to that when we went out to Carnarvon Gorge and Mount Moffat. Um, there's paintings there that they've dated to like nine thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so how accurate that is, I'm not, I'm not up with it, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, carbon dated. So however accurate that is, 9,000 years and it's just like, wow. Yeah. And you're just looking at it and you just, you just sit there and you look at it and you just... Are people respecting those yeah. areas from what you can see? Is yeah. there a degree of respect for the... Oh, there's no... Indigenous culture? Yeah. Well, in that particular place it was, yeah. Like Carnarvon Gorge, the main part of it, there's people everywhere. Mm. And um, they've got like um, resorts and still not resorts, but you know, yeah. Um, and so they're always there, so it gets looked after yeah. like a lot. And we've actually, um, I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but um, one of the girls coming with us, Tammy, has uh, friends or something on um, Thursday Island, mm-hmm. and they've invited us to go um, hang out with their mob. That was called yes, mob. Um, yeah, that's the hang terminology. Out with their mob. And, yes, and stay with them and have a look at what's going on. Yeah, so I don't know how much that'll eventuate, but that will be really, really cool. Yeah, so. I think I think if you you know going into those areas mm. um, where the indigenous heritage and cultures there, mm. then a respecting it's oh. very important, and the other thing is learning about it. Yeah. Something that we don't get exposed to no. in schools, I think enough. And I don't I think, think enough either. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's a slide on us to yeah. be honest, and a, and an insult to Indigenous people that we haven't recognised them as they should. Definitely. But but as far as culture goes, you're going into parts where mm. that becomes important. So educating yourself yeah. on that, and and I guess you'd encourage people to do the same yeah. if they're heading out. Yep, definitely. To, to um to learn about these cultures and areas yeah. that they're going to and respect those. Yeah. So there's places we'll go to that, um, you know, we'll have to get the elders' blessing before mm-hmm. we go into it. Mm. So there's things like that um, that we're going to encounter, and um, yeah, but I'm all for it. And like after going out to Carnarvon Gorge and seeing those, seeing those um, paintings on the in the caves and that, and even out Mount Moffat where mm. you're just walking around, there's no signs or nothing saying that go look here. We were just adventuring, and you come across it. Yeah, it's brilliant. So a lot of the places that are away from the touristy spots, I think you really got to know where they are. Yeah. Um, and if you're in the know, like power to you. But I don't. It's. I don't think it's like regularly or available information. Mm. If you have you ever thought of taking an indigenous guide with you on a trip? Yeah. Well, it's probably probably not at this point, but it has crossed my mind. Mm. But I think that might be a another trip uh, and another story yeah, and another a, late, a later a time videos, where there's a yeah. few more few more uh, runs on the board, I guess. Yeah. And um, how many yeah. videos you got now? 
Oh, I think it was 30-something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a few of them in the early days aren't nothing, so... Yeah, no, um, I, I know that experience from the other channel that yeah. I have, that you start, everyone starts somewhere. Mm. So, as, as we are with this uh, People With A Passion yeah. channel, that, yep. you know, throwing some new content out there yeah. to to the world and see if people are interested. So, yep. look, Tim Rumble... True Blue Overland, I've <laughs> loved having you on the episode, on the show, Thanks, and I, I know you're moving away from where we are at the yeah. moment, so hopefully you'll be back to visit family and friends yeah, and you can um, see how it's evolved over time, and, yeah. and I, I'll, I'll, at least I'll still be able to see all your content. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I won't no, feel I'll like chat. I'm missing out on the trips. Yeah, no, all good. <laughs> all right. Thanks very much, Craig. No worries, mate. Good to have you in. All right, mate. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for taking time to watch this video. If you enjoyed what you saw, please give it a thumbs up. If you haven't yet subscribed, make sure you smash that subscribe button and also hit the bell button to get notified when new interviews are uploaded. Once again, thanks for joining us and hopefully we'll see you again sometime. Catch you later.